0: to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Here with me today to talk about performance activism are three high school students from West Coast to East Coast who are also on our National Student Advisory Council. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. So let's get going by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and why does mental health matter to you? Who wants to kick us off?
1: Um, my name is Sandy Shetty, and I am from Woodenville, Washington. Um, and I would say that mental health matters to me just because I have seen so many discrepancies in my own community um, regarding access to resources and That is a gap that I wish to bridge.
0: Awesome.
2: Uh, My name is Mohammed Shadid. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I believe mental health matters to me because I believe it's like the basis for every other aspect of your life, including relationships and your performance in school and other activities that you're passionate about.
3: My name is Kiana. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. And I feel like mental health matters to me because it is our basis for any function in our lives. And it has so much importance in our lives. And it usually goes, it usually is misunderstood often. So it's important that we start addressing it to ourselves to further influence and benefit ourselves.
0: Well, I appreciate us grounding in that because we're going to talk about something that is not necessarily related directly to mental health, but I think it's really important to what it is that we're, that we're doing out here in social media. And that's the concept of performative activism. What many of our listeners are probably not that familiar. They may have some ideas about it, but I'm wondering if you all can tell me what is performative activism and what's it look like, right?
3: All right. I'll start with this one. So I think performative activism is basically when people take social issues and use it towards their own brand. They try to promote it for um, themselves or their image and try to bring support of themselves instead of the actual cause. So for example, uh, an example of performative activism would probably be mainly people who tend to use, try to spread body positivity, but they're Mm -hmm. still on diet pills or they still try to diet all the time, they're on a keto plan, or they're trying to maintain this 110 pound life, while there are other people who are struggling with body image, self-esteem issues with body um, body dysmorphia, for example, but they tend to try to get this image of, oh, I'm supporting all bodies of all shapes and sizes, while kind of supporting this idea of this body image, this um, stereotype of what we should look like.
1: I think that's a great example. And another thing that comes to mind that I'm sure um, we will be touching on later in this podcast is the black squares that were posted during the height um, of or during the peak of the BLM movement, which, again, frustrates me to say that it is a peak of a movement um, when it really isn't over. But when um, those black squares were posted, they were too follow a trend, I almost want to say, and the um, entire point of showing support, I think, was taken away. Um, So I think that's a big example that's very prevalent in today's society. And I'm sure we'll touch on um, how this movement turned into something that is performative rather than actually helping our community. Um, But I think that's a big example um, that took place this past year.
2: I look at performative act- activism as almost like an illusion. Like you see all of these like influencers um, talking about it and then like um, like urging others to act on it, but then they don't apply it in like the real world and going out and supporting others and helping to include more marginalized groups or people who are struggling. They use it, like as Kiana said, for their own personal game, gain and wealth, but then they don't uh, take the extra steps, which are what activism is all about, going out and showing your support for these people when they need it.
0: You know, that's a really good point because I I think sometimes there's like a line between regular, you know, activism, especially for people who are just getting into it, who don't really know, you know, how, how you're supposed to show up in spaces and, and when it's performative activism and, and what is, you know, to get a better idea, when is activism like real and not performative? What do you look for in people's posts um, and in people's presence when they show up?
2: Probably like an unselfish attitude, one where you're actually trying to understand like the struggles of what other people are going through, trying to have empathy, uh, in- engaging with these people, like talking about their experiences, um, understanding why, like what's happening and understand like the bigger picture, not just focusing on like one small aspect you heard and then taking that into your own, um, twisting into your own way, I guess.
1: Um, I personally, I look at the definition of performative activism. And I, I see it as something where the work that you do the supposed activism that you're partaking in is something that you need to be seen by the world. And that's where I kind of draw the line between it being performative and it being um, something that you are truly working to change. I feel
3: like overall dedication, you
1: know, simple trying to
3: inform yourself educate yourself on this social issue showing that you actually care um maybe even attending protests emailing legislators about issues you know things like actually being involved in trying to make a change is definitely the the, like the key um distinguishment between performative and uh, real activism um simple reposting you know i feel like it's kind of risky or like kind of confusing when it comes to performative activism, like reposting. Those are things that don't really establish real activism. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when we talk about performative activism, there's like a broad sense of it too. It's just not really emotionally, having emotional attachment to the issue. It's just more so really, well, I care, but I really just want to like have support, you know, myself. I want to make sure that my friends don't think of me as, you know, this big person who don't support these causes. So that's I think the main thing is like emotional attachment or like dedication to the actual issue.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I live in uh, Westland, which is a community just outside of Portland, Oregon. And Portland, Oregon has been a hotbed uh, of, of, many of the Black Lives Matter um, protests that went on for the summer for a very, very long period of time. And there were portions of those protests that turned, they weren't about the Black Lives Matters movement anymore. They were very much about people's own individual agendas. And it was really interesting to watch. But where I was going with all of this, my own daughter um, goes out and attends protests. And her role that she sees for herself in these protests is to set the conditions so that the people who are really impacted can be heard. So she does crowd control. She provides medic support. She makes sure that there's water and there's snacks and there's other things available and makes sure that it's a safe place for the people who are really there, who have a voice to, to say something and who need to be heard can be heard. And I see that as a very different thing than, than what I saw with some individuals who had different agendas. I guess that might be one way to look at it. Have you seen examples of performative activism from people that you know, like friends or influencers or people that you see online?
2: Definitely from influencers who, like, you wouldn't expect to, based on like their personalities or the content they content they produce to support a cause like this. But then they do. But then they don't really focus on the actual problem within. They just like bring attention to it and then maybe to something they did to help it but, but that wasn't very meaningful. Um. And then, as far, far as friends, people will say um, some controversial things all the time. People will point out things, but then they won't act upon it.
1: Again, I bring it back to fitting in with the crowd. So, regarding influencers, um, I think there is this blanket fear that not participating um, in the movement and showcasing it publicly would, people would like lose followers or like, um, Another big thing that was present um, during this time period was cancel culture, um, and there was this blanket fear that if I didn't participate, I'm going to be canceled, um, and I think that contributed largely um, to the support that we saw influencers give. Um, and I, while it's great that they're donating and that they are bringing light, I to issues, I question the sincerity of it um, when this idea of cancel culture is introduced.
3: I'm going to bring it a step farther um, back. And I'm just going to say media in general. I feel like this media key creates this whole standard in how people are supposed to behave and act when it comes to activism and social issues. And then also it brings people hope that they really care about a topic. And days, like months later, we never hear from the topic, the issue again. Because we have this standard that everyone has to think this certain way and then everyone has to promote this certain issue. And then all of a sudden it brings this false hope for people. Um, just trying to tie it back to mental health is that it brings false hope. You know, it makes people emotionally physically attached and like physically thinking that you care, and then all of a sudden the care is absent all of a sudden because we all create like this guided way of living or like thinking. And it honestly, what you guys were saying, of course, it makes people, influencers, media, I even say the news outlets, politicians sometimes, because it tries, everyone has to be on this bandwagon that we have to think a certain way. We have to care about this issue. And then all of a sudden it's gone because truly it it wasn't really there at the first place. So I think the media in general is just really what is the driving factor to you know, performative. Activism, of course.
1: I completely agree. And another thing that I found really interesting is like, I I was analyzing the differences between protests with social media um, and without, and I think we can see the effects um, of protests prior to media um, and just how much more effective they were. And it makes me wonder where we would be today without the media. Um, Of course, there's so many benefits, but do they outweigh the good? Do they outweigh the bad? Um, I don't know.
3: Yeah, and absolutely. In Baltimore specifically, like, when you go to protests, like, since you're, like, in a Black majority place, Mm -hmm. you're going to find, like, personal stories attached to, like, these issues. You actually see why they want change to happen. And then when you go to places where, You know, not necessarily, but, like, it's media attention. Like, everyone's just there because they want to be there. Like, they need to, they feel like they need to be there. You don't see, you know, the emotional fulfillment there. You don't see, like, the serious there. there. You kind of see, well, I'm here because I want to support, and also I don't want to get canceled. That's, like, what I tend to see more. And then that's why I have appreciation for Baltimore more, not necessarily kind of. Great. Anyone, any one city, but I feel more like when you find places where people have a store to share, it's more not necessarily. It's more
2: motivating.
3: It's more healing and comforting than where you go elsewhere.
0: More authentic.
3: Yeah, it's more authentic.
0: And and I think that that is is the nature of uh, I think there are some influencers who bring their authentic selves to a conversation. And there are some influencers who, like you said, are just afraid of being canceled. And so for them, it's another. Um, it's just another way to get followers, use their platform. I mean, influencing is a marketing. It's, it is marketing. That's part of what it is. Uh, but I think there's a level of authenticity that comes with this that, that sometimes gets lost. I especially like the example you gave, Kiana, at the very top uh, about body image and what happens with body image, in, uh, especially in the influencer world with body image, because there's such a very much a differentiation around body image and how that issue is handled. But it seems like everybody's got an opinion about it. And, oh, sure, I'm accepting a body image while I'm sitting here on my keto diet. Um, it's, it's a very interesting phenomena. Um, is this a common
2: thing among influencers?
0: I mean, does this impact who you pay attention to?
2: It's probably a more common thing now, especially uh, because of cancer culture and, like, the fear of people rejecting you because you don't support one thing. And then like since they support these um similar causes people who also experience them are also support it will be like oh he supports it so i should look up to him and then follow him more or her more and then uh just connect with them more and then like pay attention to what they're doing more which gives them more um followers which is why more influence influencers do it
3: yeah and i also think it's just something that they do to gain fast support to be honest you know social issues is like the straightforward way to find People to support you, to brand you, to gain um, value, you know, to make money. It's like you can take the route of just like trying to like support with your tick the TikTok dances or something like that. Just and then when you need this follower, it's a quick way to make this following is to try to drive into the social issues that are on the table. So, for example, body image, the one I brought up. You know, your kind of presenting the role of and the image of a standard per the standard beauty type usually and then if you add the idea of if you want these followers you don't have the backing support of everyone because people are going through um, self-esteem challenges you know body image like body image challenges you know and the quick way to make that is just trying to promote body positivity even though you don't Fit is necessarily bubble, it's just a way for them to gain an advantage in their following.
1: Right, and the way I would sum that down is like profiting off of the issues that are present in today's society. I think that happened so much um, even before um, the BLM movement. I don't think I realized it as much until it was right in front of my face. but celebrities and influencers profiting off of issues is such a big issue. Um, and I don't think people realize it. Oh. <laughs> no, I think that's a really
0: good point. And, and it's like it, it comes around to why it's so present and, and how would this all got started. And Savi, you brought up the issue of the media and how the media kind of pushes this in here. But if you really had to think, was this around before the Black Lives Matter movement?
1: I'd like think- to think that it still existed, but I just wasn't as aware of it until it was so heightened that I realized that, like, every single influencer, for the most part, has taken some sort of societal issue and turned it into a way to gain something. Um, and I find that to be such a big issue um, with influence. I have—I guess that's a whole separate topic of um, my issues. My issues with the concept of influencers, um, but that is a big one.
3: Yeah, and I honestly I think it's not only influencers. To be honest, I like companies in general. Like, for example, Chick Fil A during Pride Month, they promoted Pride, and I'm sitting. You voted. You donated against LGBTQ rights thousands of times, and then all of a sudden you're promoting Pride Month. You have rainbow uh, Martin brands and marketing and like cups. I'm just like, where did this come from? And I feel like companies does they're like the kings and queens of um, promote performative activism because they necessarily are the biggest drives towards these issues and these changes. It all starts in companies, honestly, because the money. We, all, we need money to drive these issues and they're technically the largest donators and some of them donate against these social is- issues and they're still quick to be the first ones to promote it and brand it.
1: And so, that would be the effect of a capitalistic society. We <laughs> capitalism.
0: <laughs> so the definition of capitalism. Oh, you, you just totally pushed my button with the Chick-fil-A issue. I mean, I'm so sorry. They are just yeah, no, friends don't let friends Go there. It's uh they donate large quantities of cash to, oh, I don't know, reparative therapy. And that's a whole topic for another day. But the idea that you can, when it's convenient, pin a pride flag on your shirt and go, look at me. I support, I support pride because I've got a gay pride flag on. Uh, when the reality is what you're doing at the other end of it is so heinous. Um That's a really, really good. You know, that has significant impact on our mental health and wellness. I mean, you've touched around this a little bit, but what is the impact of performative activism on your mental health?
2: I think, for one thing, uh, probably the biggest one for like people who actually like you really support this certain causes is like seeing influencers that like who pretend to um, care about it, and then they may actually like look up to these influencers and like really um, like them for what they do, and then they just seeing them like turn um like d- say something but then not really um their actions speak otherwise that's probably heartbreaking for them too because they're like oh they don't really care about this issue that which or they don't really care about what i support which is probably like um disappointing for them disheartening and then also the fact that um just seeing like p- your friends too like who said that they support it too and then they end up not and then they say something else and do something different it's just it shows like that maybe they're they're they don't really care about what you care about. And then it shows maybe that um, maybe you're not so confident in yourself. And then yeah, like it brings about a sense of like loss of confidence too. I guess
3: I think one thing for sure, it brings the lack of unity Um, because it bring it brings people together, but it actually all it does is that it loses sense of who's in it actually and who's not. You know, I feel like one thing is that especially the Black Lives Matter movement. There was a lot of confusion. You know, people who are actually dedicated, motivated on this topic, people who are actually serious and, like, biggest allies, then also people just wants to support it, just to say that they supported it. You know, I feel like if we... If performative activism take over, we're going to lose how the generalization and how to act, actually... What is activism what is truly being um trying to fight for a cause so i think it's it's loss it kind of affects our mental health because it again it's the false hope you know false hope always brings this sense of i feel like it brings like the loss of mental health in ourselves because it kind of gives us this idea that really no one really supports this topic at all because truly we don't see change. We don't see it Mm -hmm. happening usually when we do see performative activism involved in the topic because we trust people and then they don't deliver it. So we lose trust in them and then that impacts our mental health significantly.
0: No, I think that's a, it's such a big issue because when you, when you see people, especially people that um, influencers come around for a reason, they're people that we see that we wanna be like, that they may have characteristics that we wanna emulate. And then when they do something that's disingenuous in the form of like performative activism or for standing up for something and then <laughs> standing up for gay pride, and then filming that Chick-fil-A commercial, uh, those types of things that just make you realize that maybe that wasn't what they genuinely believe. And we see a lot of that. I mean, it goes back to the idea of cancel culture. But I think that there are other ways that performative activism, at least in social media, can be harmful for people who are looking really for true help, for people who are looking for something to believe in, something to attach, and something to become a part of, can be taken advantage of. Do you see that happening?
3: Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely see that that's something that could happen in the community.
1: I think so many people turn to social media to educate themselves. Um, and obviously, that should not be your main source of education, but in reality, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and when false information is spread, um, it only worsens into the problem. And I just think about the people who these issues are impacting, regardless of who you are spreading false information only. It's like a chain reaction, you know what I mean? Um, You might not see the direct effect, um, but I think it has a large one.
0: So how do I self-check and make sure that I'm not doing some form of performative activism? How do I know? And how do I encourage others to stop doing it?
2: Making sure that your actions aren't just passive, that you truly support a certain cause, that you display that you're going out, taking initiative, uh, speaking with others who are affected by this problem or issue, and not just reposting a tweet or something about something that you, 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 kn- you know you should support, but that you actually don't go out and do. I feel Echo
1: like, everything he just said. <laughs> I
3: think educating yourself. Always, the first thing to starting like authenticity is education. I will say this every single day. Um, finding directly finding ways to support the, the any movement um, from body positivity, from pride to Black Lives Matter. Just finding directly seeing ways to get involved. Um, whether it's donations, just trying to find new ways instead of just seeing what people other people are doing. So
1: yeah. And I think just checking your intentions um, before you post something or before you participate in something, um, knowing why you're doing it and recognizing that this isn't to um, seek social validation, but are you doing it um, for the purpose that you intend, that you are, that you sh- should be atten- <laughs> intending it to do it? Um, it's not for other people. You know what I mean? That's not for other people to see, but it's to serve other people. That makes sense.
0: Well, I know a, a week ago, my daughter and I trundled off in our car on a Friday afternoon with our pride flags and trans flags and stood on a street corner in a little bit of cold air and waved flags with a group of people in a town that, you know, is not too far from me. Not my hometown, but they definitely needed the support, and they needed people to stand up there and say, you know, we're here, we're seen, uh, and we belong here in this community, and we're part of that community. And and that I think is a way that people can show up and not be the center of attention, but definitely be supporting what it is that a community or movement is doing. And I think if a if you've put apart anything today, really walking in the intention of what the people who are driving the movement want to do. That's really where that type of activism isn't performative, it's actually authentic and real when you show up with the intention of supporting what people want to do and becoming part of that and not the center of attention. How, if I wanna start my own movement, if I wanna, you know, if something's important to me that's happening into my school, um, if something's happening that I feel is an injustice, What's your best advice to starting your own activism?
3: It's like such a tough question. You gave me a tough one, but I feel like one of the ways you can start your own movement is definitely just find the root cause of it. You know, trying to deliver and find solutions to towards the root cause of it, whether it's like a mm-hmm. the legislative um a part, of, <laughs> the legislative factor of it or if it's something that is actually happening because of your community just trying to brainstorm simple solutions towards the issue also um outreach is definitely a thing finding connecting with people who also is facing similar issues Um, just trying to understand and get a, a good sense of nature on your platform or what you want to speak out against is definitely going to influence your success factor into the actual movement.
1: I completely agree. And to add on to that, a movement starts with one person and being able to identify what you find as an issue is where it all starts. And people will join you if your cause um, is something that truly matters to you. People see passion. Uh, people see drive, and when you emulate that, um, people will join.
2: I also think that uh, there has to be, like, what Keanu mentioned earlier about the personal uh, accounts and personal stories. You have to find, like, people who actually are affected by this and then hear from them, and that, like, strengthens your cause and support and your actual, like, motive for doing this activism.
0: Well, I want to thank you all for sharing your wisdom today. I think you've inspired a number of people to really think about the next time they copy, click, paste and share into making it something more, to make it real, to make it about you and to really figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Or as my friend Sarah says, uh, what is your why? I want to thank you for joining me on Talk To Be Well as we talked about perform- performative activism and the importance of what we can really do to help a cause versus promoting a cause to help our image. If you're looking for support with your mental health or any other medical questions, please visit us at providence.org for parents, teachers, and students. Please check us out at worktobewell.org. I want to thank our guests, Muhammad Zambi, and Kiana today for sharing so bravely and for inspiring us all to take the next step and to embrace who we are and become part of the conversation in a really healthy way. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. This is Talk to Be Well. Be well, everybody.